0: Good afternoon, folks. It's that time of the day again. Time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. This is your host, Sam DeMarco, joined in studio today by not only my trusty executive director, John Schneider, our dazzling producer, Daryl Grandy, but I'm very happy today, folks. We have back in studio with us today is Scott Pressler. Many of you folks have heard Scott on the show before. Can't tell you how happy I am to have him here today because we want to talk about his adventures across this country here in this last election cycle and what he's been up to recently. So, Scott, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's good to be back. You know, they just can't keep me away from Allegheny County, Pittsburgh. It's one of my favorite places in the whole country.
0: Well, i tell you, you, know what, John, you know, for Scott, let's get him a gift, gift certificate for therapy here, <laughs> okay? But he keeps wanting to come back to Allegheny County, but uh, no, hey, listen, Uh, We we love it here. Our listeners love it here. And uh, we appreciate all the hard work that you're putting in to try to help make Allegheny County better by helping show Republicans the way to be able to elect good people to government here. Because it's so critical that we uh, get people that, again, have respect for our laws, have respect for our taxpayers and things of that nature. So, again, can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here. Now, you've been traveling all over. Where have you been? Since you've been last been on the show.
1: I was just in Philly. I know. Well, and I have to preface this by saying, guys, Sheets is so much better than Wawa. (laughs) Can we just can we all admit that? (laughs) I can say that without getting hurt here on the western side of the state. But no, I was just in Philadelphia. And you know, I get a lot of criticism from people. They're like, Scott, why are you spending your time in Allegheny County? Well, Did anyone see what just happened in November 2023 with you know Sarah Enamorada versus Joe Raki and how Mm -hmm. we won 49 percent of the vote in a two to one D to R county? Did anyone see how close because of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County that we got uh, almost an election win? That's why it's important we bring our conservative vision to the inner cities. You hear me loudly and clearly, everybody listening. You want to defeat Joe Biden. You want to elect a Republican president, right? We win 40% of the vote in Allegheny County. We win 20% of the vote in Philadelphia. It is done. Game over. We've won Pennsylvania. And then Ohio will probably be the same. Michigan, Wisconsin. So what happens in Pennsylvania is going to affect who wins the White House in 2024. And I also, where have I been? You know, I'm kind of like Joe Biden. I'm a little bit forgetful. <laughs> as a <laughs> Just a little bit. But I will tell you what. What is my focus this next year in 2024? Again, Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Those are my main foci, and the, that's how I'm going to be spending my time this next year.
0: Well, that's very exciting to hear that. And we're again, we're excited to have you here. But you, you hit on a great point there. You talked about too many people have this uh, idea or belief that they can't make a difference. Okay. Uh, You know, it was, uh, you know, accepted by all that, hey, you can't win in Allegheny County, okay? Yes, we came extremely close with the county executive race with Joe Rocky, but we defeated a progressive candidate for district attorney, you know, who George Soros had put more than $2 million into his campaign to reelect Steve Zappala as a top prosecutor here, okay? So, folks, your vote does make a difference. When we were coming up to get ready for the show, um, I was talking to Scott. He said he wanted to talk about someone in Allegheny, excuse me, in Louisiana, an election. I'm going to let him talk about that. But in Allegheny County, we had
1: elections decided by handfuls of votes and in some cases by one vote. Absolutely. Well, yes, people aren't. Number one, I'm shocked that none of the headlines were talking about Joe Rocky's race. That in itself is a new story. But again, the fact that we defeated Dugan, we elected Zappala as a Republican, defeating that regressive. I don't call them progressives. Those are regressives. We need to get our diction correct. But, you know, Allegheny County is not going to become Philly momentarily for the interim. You know, we've got four years to make sure that doesn't happen. But look at Loudoun County, Virginia. I live in Fairfax County. That's Northern Virginia, basically the Allegheny County, Philadelphia of Virginia. We defeated a George Soros funded Commonwealth County attorney there by 300 votes. Wow. 300 votes. And furthermore, I don't know if y'all follow me on social media. But I was posting about the Caddo Parish sheriff race in Louisiana. Now, I know this is Pennsylvania, but this is relevant because we care about politics. Mm-hmm. Well, the Democrat in that sheriff race won by one vote they did a recount, and both candidates ended up picking up three additional votes, meaning the Democrats still won by one vote. The Republican challenged the race, and because it was challenged, it was brought before a Supreme Court justice in Louisiana, and the justice ruled that at least 11 illegal votes were cast and counted, and has reordered a new election. Seeing those election results are void. Wow. the fact of the matter, guys, if you are ever thinking, I don't count, I don't matter, I don't have value or agency, you do. We we have already proven it from that Commonwealth County election, from the DA race, from this Louisiana race, that every single vote counts, and especially going into 2024 when we have presidential, we're going to have Stacey Garrity running again yep. for treasurer, we're going to have the... Um, Tim DeFore running for Auditor General. Exactly. So next year is a big year for the commonwealth of pennsylvania
0: well it's going to be huge we have dave mccormick running for U.S. Senate here in what is going to be the stiffest challenge that bob casey has ever faced you know attorney general race we're going to have here it's an open seat right now because josh Shapiro had been elected as governor so what you have here you have a number of republicans vying for the seat one of which we've had on the show here john a couple weeks ago you know dave sunday uh Hmm. current district attorney from uh york county okay you know a guy uh for a veteran uh prosecutor, someone who's worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office, someone who has a great resume, uh, has been able to reduce the crime in his area as well as take and uh, rehab or rehabilitate prisoners. So he's reduced the recidivism rate and things of that nature. Hmm. But he has some great results to talk about there. You have a number of folks running there uh, and Democrats. You have Eugene DePasquale, former Auditor General, is running for AG of the Democrat side, as is uh, Delaware County. District Attorney Jack Uh, There's a, a Democrat uh, state representative, I believe his name is Jared Solomon. And then there's a woman who's the Chief Public Defender of Philadelphia. I can't recall the name right now, but she's being backed and supported by George Soros. So folks, it's going to be, as Scott just said, a very big year next year here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And it's an all-hands-on-deck situation here for the folks that care about not just the future of this commonwealth, but the future of this country.
1: Well, and how about at the state level? So I know the House is every two years, so every House seat is going to be up for election, right? But how about, is it just the House or is it also the Senate?
0: It's a House and a number, a proportion of the Senate. So the majority of the House, who controls the House and the Senate is going to be up on the ballot next year as well. Yeah, you know, We have here in Allegheny County, in the 37th State Senatorial District, current state Senator Devlin Robinson, a Marine combat veteran, three Hmm. combat tours, Uh, you know, he's going to be up for re-election. You have in the 45th state senatorial district, where currently Democrat State Senator Jim Brewster sits, uh, the rumors are that he is not going to run for re-election and that is going to be an open seat. And we are currently uh, looking for some candidates, you know, to run in that seat. Uh, But there's a, a number of opportunities there, as well as in the Pennsylvania House here in Allegheny County, you know, House District 30 out in the North Hills, a district where Joe Rocky won by like 20 points. You know, you have House District 33 where Joe Rocky won by, I believe, six or seven. Hmm. Uh, These seats, uh, these are seats that Democrats, excuse me, Republicans are going to be targeting for pickups to try to win the majority back in the House to be able to keep Josh Shapiro in check and to stop this democrat insanity that we see taking place across the nation
1: well and so i want to make an appeal to the listener right now you know so many of you are frustrated with our republican party trust me been there done that (laughs) well especially what just happened in the house of representatives you know regardless of what happened with george santos he will have his time in court they will find out if he is convicted or innocent whatever but the fact of the matter is the House of Representatives, which is controlled by Republicans, expelled Santos before they impeached Mayorkas. When we have fentanyl coming in, we have illegal immigrants coming in, we have cartel members, etc. So the fact of the matter is my dad always told me, don't present a problem unless you are going to offer a solution. And so you at home... If you are unhappy with our leadership or the lack of candidates or the lack of good conservative candidates, then I ask you, moms, dads, electricians, blue collar workers, union members, I ask you, why don't you step up to the plate, join Allegheny.GOP and sign up as a prospective candidate. We'll have you uh, interview, going through a vetting process, talk to us about why you wanna be a candidate And see if there's a good spot for you. But why don't you be the change that you want to see? And let's make sure that we're winning next year in Allegheny County.
0: And and Scott, thank you so much for the plug, because that's incredibly important. We need candidates. We need committee members. We need people to volunteer. And, you know, to your point about, I mean, I learned that in business as well. You know, my bosses used to say, look, if you come to me with a problem, try to come to me with a solution. Because they believe the people that are closest to the problem, you know, typically have the, the, the best solution to address it. But there are folks out there that will complain and and snipe and they'll talk about, you know, they don't like this person, they don't like that person, they don't believe this person does it, they don't believe that person. But there's a lack of communication, and these folks typically aren't involved. You know, folks, please, if you want to affect change, roll up your sleeves, get involved, because I can tell you firsthand that there's not enough folks, as far as I'm concerned, that are involved and engaged and are looking to make a difference, and I only point to the 8,300 votes that we lost, you know, the county executive race by. What was incredibly frustrating there, and, and Scott, here's what: one of the things that happened. When you're in a consultant's role or when we're looking at, you know, trying to plan out an election, typically what you do is you look to the last two elections, you look at the turnout models there, you, you average the things out, and then you plan for the future. So when they did the modeling for the county executives race, they both anticipated both the 501c4 and the consultants that worked for Joe Rocky, a turnout model about 320,000, hmm. which was far in excess of what it previously turned out. <clears throat> but what happened was turnout ended up being 370,000. Wow. So, you know, it was anticipated that Joe Rocky's win number, the number he would need, a number of votes he would need to win, was 165,000. He got 177,000. So he far exceeded that. But the reason I bring this up, and I say I'm disappointed, is because there are 255,000 registered Republican voters in Allegheny County. Okay, 255,000. So if they would have come out to vote, Joe Rocky would have won this race by 80,000 votes, and we wouldn't have had a single Democrat vote required in order to make that happen. But no, people didn't come out to vote. They didn't weigh in. He lost, and that's what's concerning going into 2024 is are these same people, what is it going to take to get them, A, to come out to vote, or to, B, if we can't get them to come out to vote, at least use the mail-in ballots and vote by mail?
1: Yeah, well, the one thing that I keep thinking about is, guys, it's so important to have a positive mindset, and please, for the love of all that is holy, do not listen to the polls. Do not listen to the pundits. I'm serious. Everybody was probably—I mean, look at Sarah— They thought that they had this gig wrapped in since day one. And I think as we got closer to election day, all the Democrats were panicking and freaking out because they realized, I mean... Uh, Thanks to the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, you guys sponsored our event at the beginning of this year at a fire hall in January. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we started in January of this year. We didn't wait for spring. We didn't wait for summer. We didn't wait till after Labor Day to begin knocking on doors. This was a year long approach and the dividends were shown in the election results that we almost won. But I think I've mentioned this before, but I think it's so important to pinpoint on. That the polls are not reliable and they are only a source to try to depress the vote. And what I mean by that is, I want you guys to think let's take it, let's make it relatable. You had Rick Saccone going against Connor Lamb in a special election, mm-hmm. I believe in March 2007, 2018. 2018, 2018 right. Yep. And I remember all the polls. Oh my gosh, they had tens of millions of dollars flowing in from all over the country Mm -hmm. you had every democrat everybody was helping out connor lamb right Mm -hmm. and all the polls said that Lamb was going to win but it was double digit lead connor lamb is on his way to a resounding victory do you guys remember what the ultimate result was on election day could fact check me i think it was something like 627 votes that we could have kept that seat rick Sacone could have been in there and we would have never had connor lamb in pennsylvania but where i'm going with this is how many people believe the polls and didn't register that extra voter didn't knock on that extra door didn't text those five extra people didn't drive somebody to the polls because they had a negative mindset instead of a positive one
0: well, we, folks already know not to pay attention on election day to the election polls, to the uh, exit polls, all right? I mean, back in 2000, they had Al Gore winning. In 2004, <laughs> they had John Kerry winning, okay? Folks, you know, it, again, this is your vote. This is this is the one opportunity you have to have some sort of say into what happens in your life as it relates to government. You know, please exercise that. It should be sacred. It should be something that you take great pride and have a deep and abiding commitment to do, you know? And again, I understand the reason why we on this show and uh, Scott promotes it as well. We talk about mail and ballots is because we understand that life can get in the way, you know, that with, despite best intentions on election day, things happen. People get sick. They have to work, get called out of town, um, kids are sick, or something with school, whatever it may be. The weather may be bad. You know, every inch of rain depresses turnout by 1%. Every inch of snow depresses turnout by half a percent. You know, maybe the car breaks down. But if you, you have 50 days of early voting to be able to take and apply for your ballot and cast it by mail, if you don't want to take and put it in the mail, you have the ability to take and drop it off at your elections office. downtown if you, you could go down to your elections office during the same period and vote over the counter, the point being is there are 50 days to make your voice heard and have your vote count. Please, I urge you all, I beg you, you know, we need to have that happen here in 2024 if we hope to take and save this country
1: and to try to take and keep this commonwealth in check. Well, this year, the day to request the last meal on ballot was like October thirty first, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Yes, it was. And uh, you know, it was heartbreaking because going into election day, I had so many people say to me, "Scott, my uh, my kids are sick. I'm not going to be able to vote on election day." Scott, I got COVID. Scott, my parent fell and I can't leave their bedside. I need to stay with them. I can't leave the hospital. What can I do? There, I was powerless to help all of these people, and that's just my circle. What? Imagine how many people across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania had something come up in their life. Life happens, guys. When I was just in Philly, I had three cancellations, now despite that we had 50 people come, which is amazing, but just that morning I had three people cancel on me because something happened in their life. The Democrats are going to be mail-in voting, they're going to be early voting, they're going to be using every tool available as Sam said, it's not 15 guys, I want to be very careful with my diction, 50 five zero, basically two months of early voting. How can we compete and make up the work of 50 days and 12 hours? And if you look at the numbers, look at Carolyn Carluccio. I mean, we performed in an half year election in a Supreme Court election. I think our our numbers were even higher than Robson, correct me if I'm wrong, but we lost by 200,000 votes. The Democrats went into Election Day with 450,000 votes locked in. Therefore, it was mail-in ballots that won the Democrats the election. It was already locked in going into election day now i think sam you did say that we had a certain percentage increase in the amount of republicans that were requesting vbm in allegheny county which is good but at the end of the day we're making very slow progress while the democrats already have it in their head that they're going to be voting by mail voting by any legal means necessary while republicans are all waiting to vote on one day
0: Right. In Allegheny County, we experienced a 17% increase from the 2021 general election in Republicans requesting mail-in or absentee ballots. But again, to your point, when you have a very low number to begin with, we're not making the progress we need too fast enough. And and folks, I want to explain, we're not looking to cannibalize the four of four voters, the people that vote in every single election, regardless of anything else, in a march to the polls. What we're just trying to do is trying to catch the folks who vote in one of four elections. You know, maybe they just vote in presidential years. We want them to vote every single year. Maybe the folks who vote two out of four elections, meaning just in federal elections, we want them to vote in municipal elections as well, because those are extremely important, and as we saw here with this recent election here in Allegheny County, make a huge difference, okay? Okay. But it's, and we're trying to capture the folks and everybody out there that I'm talking to. If you're listening to this show, chances are it's because you're somebody that's committed, you know, to the Republican effort here in the Republican Party. But whether you're a 4-4 voter, I can guarantee you, you know a number of people who aren't. And it's asking you to reach out to those folks to convince them of the need to be able to take and utilize these mail-in or absentee ballots to make their voice heard and to allow their voice to be counted. So, you know, again, I want to be clear on what we're asking for, and it's to try to get every single registered Republican, get them to vote.
1: Well, and I want to dispel any myths people may have about mail-in voting because I I think it's so important that we are factual in our representation of mail-in voting. And here's some of the differences. Nevada, every eligible voter receives a mail-in ballot, whether or not the voter has requested one. I wanna repeat that. That's basically universal mail-in voting. They're receiving one, whether or not they requested it, right? Now, Wisconsin, you have to request it annually And you actually have to have signature verification. Pennsylvania, you have to request it annually. So what I mean by this is when I said that the Democrats went into Election Day with a 450,000 lead and basically they had, you know, 600,000 people vote by mail, that 600,000, that slate is wiped clean and all of those people that requested their ballots in 2023 the democrats are going to have to rebuild their firewall so look at that as opportunity we are basically starting january 1st 2024 on a level playing field for all intents and purposes with the democrats now Where they have the advantage is those 600,000. Anyone that has ever voted by mail previously from 2021 through last year, because they voted by mail previously, they will get a request form paid for by you, the taxpayer, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, sent to their home. So, whereas the GOP is going to have to spend it's money reaching out to our voters to get them request a form taxpayer money see the democrats they're so much smarter they're playing the game they're gaming the system and using your own funds to get more democrats to vote and so we need to actually i mean we don't have to wait until january it's just the online the online portal is not available, we can get people to sign up on forms, but literally that needs to be our number one goal. Register voters, get them to sign up for the mail-in ballot, not only for the primary, because we want your vote in the primary and you must be registered as a Republican, so please change your party affiliation to Republican, but to do it for the whole year. So you'll receive a mail-in ballot for, I believe, the March primary and the November election. Don't just do it for one, do it for the whole year. That is what the Democrats are going to be doing.
0: And, And you hit on a key point there. And I don't know where the focus is. I think, you know, many times Republicans, they, um, they're, they run because we're trying to stop bad things that we believe the Democrats are trying to do, whether it was Obamacare or different things of that nature. And you get elected, and they get lazy, and they don't deliver on the promises or commitments they made to the voters. And then they get tossed out, and we have to go through the whole cycle over again, whereas Democrats, I mean, they are on this— Inexorable, this march to power and to change this country, you know, and they're determined to do it. And, you know, when they lose an election, they don't take upon it as a defeat. It's just a delay. You know, it's a speed bump. And they just come back. They continue from the, from the day they lose until that next election day. I mean, they don't let a moment go to waste where they're not working and planning to, you know, to win re-election there, okay, or to, to, to win the next election and to retake power and to continue in that march, you know, to change this country. And that's something that's going to have to, that's something the Republicans are going to have to change their attitudes on
1: if we hope to take in, uh,
0: you know, if we hope to save the country.
1: Well, and ultimately we we can't be the party of stop Joe Biden, stop the Democrats, we have to run on something, we have to be positive, not negative. Mm -hmm. People are gonna be more inspired to vote for something than against someone. And the only reason I wanna be very mindful You'll hear me say our goal is to defeat Joe Biden at this time because I've not endorsed a Republican candidate. So therefore, I'm still staying neutral and I cannot say candidate until we have our nominee. So that's the only reason right now I'm saying our goal is to defeat Joe Biden and elect a completely Republican government federally in 2024. And again, our main core values, which we'll get into in the next segment, are faith, family, finance, Freedom.
0: No, you couldn't have said it better. Folks, we're going to have to take a break here to pay the bills. We'll be right back after the break. This is Sam DeMarco, WJAS, 1320 AM, Talk 99.1 FM, The Elephant in the Room. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome back, The Elephant in the Room. This is your host, Sam DeMarco. I'm joined in studio. We're talking with Scott Pressler. And, Scott, we were just talking a few moments ago about how Republicans, when they run for election, need to stand for something. They need to be able to give the voters a positive vision because, you know, I've always said, and that I always believe that when people go to the polls and they cast their vote on election day, that it's a positive decision that they're making. They believe somehow, some way, that the people that they're voting for are going to make their lives or their children's lives or their grandchildren's lives a little bit better, you know? And I think Republicans need to do an absolutely much better job in conveying what that is
1: well i mean i think i'm i'm definitely a little bit biased <laughs> i i definitely am your tea party um right winger i guess you could call me a maga enthusiast i mean i really believe the republican party in modern day we are the america first party and that simply means we believe in the peace prosperity uh, of the American people first. And I don't think that's anything that we should be uh, apologizing for. And so what does that mean? That means things like, why do we want to have a higher corporate tax, which is going to push jobs to other countries? Shouldn't we want made in America, buy American, hire American? Mm -hmm. I mean, shouldn't it mean securing the border? Shouldn't it mean... Uh, allowing families to choose the education for their students. I mean, I think those are all very positive things that Republicans can focus on that actually will benefit their lives, higher paying jobs. The best way to get out of poverty is in education. I don't understand why Republicans are not putting their feet forward, especially when it comes to education, which we saw Governor Glenn Youngkin in Virginia was able to win handily on.
0: And you saw uh, in 2018, You know, Governor Ron DeSantis was able to defeat Andrew Gillum in Florida because he ran on school choice and scholarships. And so many black parents came aboard and voted for him because they saw that the schools in their communities were not educating their kids. You know, I'm a big believer. I believe school choice should be the civil rights issue of our, is the civil rights issue of our time because you're absolutely right. Education is the key to escaping poverty. When we look at the people that we have in our correction system, overwhelming majority of them, I mean, talking 80%, can't read or do math at grade level, okay? And I mean, a better educational system, I think, could help us all around, not just economically, but also, you know, from a corrections perspective here in town. And I think, you know, when we talk about Republicans and we talk about the messaging that they need to put forth and the message they need to run on, I mean, if you go back the very nature of our calling ourselves conservatives, we want to conserve our traditions and we call them traditions, values and things like that, but it's also best practices. We have things that have been shown to work. When you take and allow people to take and keep more of their money, that's not costing the government anything, it's incenting people to work harder and to take and bring their ideas to market, You know, and that allows them to create businesses, to hire employees, to allow other folks to prosper. You know, before we had the income tax, before all these progressive things came into place, I mean, this country grew by leaps and bounds and had incredible prosperity. And and now we are being stifled by an administrative state where unelected bureaucrats are continuing passing laws and putting in place rules that are holding back industry and preventing us from being able really to live and experience the American dream.
1: Well, a couple points, especially since you brought up DeSantis versus Gillum. You know, 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I think DeSantis won by like 10,000 votes at the time. You know, it was it was, it was so tight. close. I, yes. Yep. But one thing that really stuck out to me is I read somewhere that it was black women, black yes, m- mothers especially, mm-hmm. that won that election for Governor DeSantis because of school choice. Mm-hmm. And that so that shows you right then and there that there are issues that we can appeal, especially that have to do with the black agenda. And really, it's kind of ironic because if you think of the difference between Republicans and Democrats, Republicans are individualists by nature. Democrats are collectivist. However, think about our messaging for a second. Republicans although we're individualists, we message as collectivist, which is kind of ironic, right? Democrats on the other on the other hand, they'll message to the black community to the hispanic community to union workers blue collar students whatever the specific group is they narrow down the scope and I think if we were smart and we were practical, we would do the same. Right. And it's not good enough. I mean, I, go, I was on a Twitter space right before this. I'm always going into Twitter spaces, especially black Twitter spaces, because I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how I can craft my policy and messaging better to explain how Republican values and conservative policies are going to benefit everyone, including the black community. But that sometimes means that we as Republicans need to say, this agenda is a black agenda. And when I go to Texas, you know, Myra Flores, she was the congresswoman that won the special election, ended up losing in 2022, but she's running for reelection. That's Brownsville. That is the border, right? That is majority, minority. That is the Hispanic community. And look at Florida. We're seeing Venezuelans, Hondurans, uh, Nicaraguans, they're coming over in leaps and, dro- and, and droves and look at South Texas and look at Nevada. And so we, if we're going to have a future of the Republican Party, we need to specifically say, this is our, black agenda. This is our Hispanic agenda. This is our parents' agenda. And so one thing the Republicans have done right is in the House, I think they they had some sort of um, parents' choice act or something. Mm-hmm. But th- along those lines, that that is the future of our messaging.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. You know, Democrats, we've always said, they are not the majority, but they cobble together enough different constituencies to win power. So it was traditionally labor, Environmentalists, LGBTQ, uh, the black community, things of that nature. And so they lobby, they lobby to and, and market to all these folks, and they're able to win their elections. Whereas you pointed out, Republicans come out and say, "Hey, here's what we stand for." Okay, and, and you're right. I think uh, you know. I just Joe Biden the other day uh, was talking about uh, the Congress's need to take and pass his supplemental defense bill. And he's, you know, pillaging and disparaging Republicans because they've uh, they've asked that, hey, if the borders of Ukraine are so important, why aren't the borders of America so important? You know, but this goes back to when we talk about Republicans need to message accordingly. Government has no bigger role than to secure the safety of its citizens. So how about running, you know, and telling folks what you plan to do about securing the border and protecting the Americans that live here? You know, how about we talk? about what you're going to do to try to provide funding for more police officers in our communities, you know, to try to keep people safe in our bigger cities, which, you know, I saw last week you you were in Philadelphia. I saw some of the video from Kensington that you were showing there. I mean, it was like these, some of these people were like zombies folks. We cannot allow this to happen. And, you know, again, Philadelphia, that is where our country was born and this is what's going on. I mean, so, Scott, I mean, we're you. You have two members of the choir here talking to each other, right? And we're both singing the same tune, but
1: well, it's about understanding what we stand for. I mean, we we have entered a contract as citizens. We are under a contract with the government. We are living within the United States borders. Paying taxes, but the contract obligates and mandates the government to protect us and take care of us. So, therefore, the government is not completing its part of the contract. And then, when you have Staten Island, for example, when they're taking care of illegal immigrants, putting them into housing, kicking out veterans, veterans. Jesus, the very people, I mean, you're a veteran, Sam. Yep the very people that gave us the opportunity to express the freedom of uh, speech that we are given right now at this very second, but we need to be better about messaging on how to appeal to Democrats. And I'm not saying this in a disrespectful tone. That's not my intent. Republicans, I think, are just more uh, maybe, maybe logical, maybe practical. And, and Democrats, they're very feeling. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way because they are bleeding heart liberals for a reason. They are very driven to, to passion and feeling and emotion. So why don't we do a better job of appealing to Democrats by saying, look, I understand and i know that i'm speaking to republicans right now but this is ammunition no pun intended that you can use with democrats you guys want to stop gun violence and by you guys i mean democrats right so therefore why don't we secure the border because we know that guns are illegally being trafficked in and out of the united states so if we want to uh, stop unnecessary gun violence let's secure the border and we all care about women right we we don't want women to be sexually assaulted. We don't want children to be assaulted. We don't want humans to be human trafficked. For all those reasons, because we are humanitarians and philanthropic people, why don't we secure the border to protect people? And furthermore, when you say Kensington and when you say the drug uh, epidemic, the opioid epidemic, if we want to stop 300 Americans dying unnecessarily from fentanyl every single day from fentanyl poisoning, then why don't we secure? the border to make sure that we are mitigating the amount of drugs Chinese made drugs that are coming across the southern border into our country I mean really appealing to their heart there are so many things in our country that could be solved or at least alleviated by securing the southern border
0: uh, you, I couldn't have said it better <clears throat> but these are the messages these are the things that they need to run on, okay? And and so often they don't. And I don't know if the fault lies with the individual candidates. I don't know if the fault lies with their consultants who are telling them, hey, you can't talk about too much. You need to focus on two or three things. You need to hammer that message through in order for it to get through to the electorate. I'm not
1: sure what the answer is. I think people are scared of being bold. I really do. I, and maybe it's the consultants telling them, "No, you don't. You don't want to push too far, you know, to the right because then you're going to scare independents away." But I mean, our, our people aren't voting. I hate to say it. I mean, gosh, you know, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall. I go to Wisconsin to help the Supreme Court election. We mm-hmm. lose the majority. I go to Pennsylvania trying to do everything I can for Carolyn Carluccio. We have the votes. You said it yourself. We had the votes for Joe Rackey, mm-hmm. but our people are not coming out. Is it because people are looking for bold, unabashed, unapologetic leadership? I'm not sure. Uh, I,
0: You know, I, I don't know. And to that, to that point there, you know, I ask myself all the time, what more... Could we do? And and there are people that I, I get tired of when I when I do get a chance to talk to some folks. And you'll get a few who said, "Well, I, I'm just, I've given up. I'm not voting. My vote doesn't count." Or you know, I'm not voting. They're all bums. Or I'm not voting. You know, why would you take and give up the privilege of being able to make your voice heard? I, I mean, I my parents taught me that hey, if you don't participate, you can't complain. Okay, so you know, if you don't go out to vote, I don't want to hear you complaining about who was elected or what the results were, if you didn't try to have your say to do something about it. And, you know, again, this is uh, we, we have a number of challenges. But when you said something, you said, uh, you know, do too many candidates, are they afraid to go too far to the right, afraid of alienating independence? I, well, you know, I don't know, to me, what's to the right or to the left. I just know what I believe is what's right and what's wrong, Okay. And what's right is fulfilling the duties of the job that you're elected to. And like I said, there's no bigger, more important duty or responsibility you have to the people that you elected is to secure their rights and their safety, okay? You know, so that's enforcing the law. People talk about compassion. You need to show compassion. For I, I, I'm very compassionate, but I believe in compassion with accountability, you know? I mean, if we're dealing with people who are breaking the law, you know, listen, I'm, I'm fine with trying to take and rehabilitate them, to educate them, to take and, you know, uh, offer them a second chance of things of that nature. I don't believe anybody should be thrown away. But I believe that there's accountability that comes with that. And if you take and you harm someone or you harm the community, that you need to be held accountable. Following you paying your debt to society and to the community, then I'm all for helping you get back on your feet, so that you can play a productive role in this society. But you know I don't think of these things as being to the right or to the left. To me, I think a lot of these things are like common sense. Let's look at homeless, for example. You know, people talk about capacity for the homeless, but 75% of those people suffer from either drug and alcohol addiction or mental illness. It's not a poverty issue, okay? So yes, I believe in trying to take and get find them long-term housing, but I believe, And trying to direct them to get the help they need, whether it be in some form of rehab or whether it be for help with their mental illness first. And they need to accept that help. If folks choose not to accept it, I believe that we no longer have a responsibility for them. It's not my job to provide shelter for someone that doesn't want to get their help but just wants someplace where they can go and have unfettered access to drugs, you know, and take them on a consistent basis. I guess, to me, I don't know. And maybe it's, I mean, we're all part of our environment. We're a product of how our parents raised us. But to me, I think of things more in the terms of right and wrong as opposed to left and right.
1: No, I think perfectly said. I I mean, yeah, if somebody says, well, if if securing the border is right wing and wanting, wanting to protect our citizens, then yes, I'm right wing. If I want school choice and that kids shouldn't be limited to a good education based on their zip code, then yes, I'm right wing. You know, if I want jobs to stay here in America and make sure that we're manufacturing here, then yes, I'm right wing. You know, I think that we need to be bold in, in those statements. And then furthermore, I mean, look, I was listening to the city council meeting last night and they were talking about a cold blue, you know, I went out for a run last night fully clothed and I mean I was gosh darn freezing I can't imagine what our homeless community mm-hmm. is currently suffering under these conditions and you know from having worked in Los Angeles when we did cleanups out there I was talking to members of the homeless community that were working jobs I mean they were working on television production crew mm-hmm. sets during the day and then they were homeless at night so I think part of it too is destigmat the way that the uh, Americans think about the homeless community. Many of these people are good, smart people that maybe just something terrible went went wrong in their lives, or maybe life is just too unaffordable. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at gas being $4, and look at milk being $6 for a gallon. And then furthermore, you made a point about accountability. One thing that I think Republicans really need to talk about, especially when it comes to minority communities and the black community, is I really want people to hone in on this for a second. In 2018, I kind of went viral. for talking about the fact that democrats choose everybody else over american citizens black white and brown american citizens for example there are 3.6 million black children living in Mm -hmm. poverty why do amer why do democrats choose illegal aliens first and furthermore when it comes to accountability why when a legal immigrant breaks into our country therefore breaking our law is rewarded with freedom, but when a black American breaks the law is rewarded with prison. Why is nobody talking about that double standard? This is our opportunity to show Republicans are going to put every black, white, and brown American citizen first, and we need to go into Detroit and chicago and milwaukee and pittsburgh and philadelphia and we would see dividends from just simply doing outreach and bringing this america first vision to the community
0: well you know that's well said because you know what we're talking about here is the highest aspiration we should have or a liberal society should have is for equal treatment under the law Okay. And we don't have that today, you know, and we're seeing that out there. And, you know, that's something where we can talk about the need to change that, but that starts at the very top. That starts with the Department of Justice and all the way down. But, you know, you you couldn't have said it better. Why are some folks treated different than others? you know and uh the democrats
1: need to be held cough hunter biden then. cough
0: yes. <laughs> just hunter. just saying. if
1: if anyone has a list of all of the people that have purchased his quote unquote Paintings. art yes. art work <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see that list i'm sorry well, to cut you off
0: no no it's I mean, we just hey, we just saw Uh, supposedly I saw something here that uh, the oversight committee released that the uh, whistleblowers from the IRS identified like 327 emails that Joe Biden had been sending to Hunter Biden's business partner. And this is uh, the folks he claimed that I know nothing about my son's business or business transactions. And a lot of this was while he was vice president. Wow. You know, so I think there's more to come there. But look, at the end of the day, People want to be free. People want to be able to live their lives. They want to be able to succeed. They want to be able to experience the dream. You know, Donald Trump, prior to becoming president and experiencing the wrath of the left, okay, was somebody that everybody looked on fondly, you know, and wanted to emulate because the Trump brand, you know, the the ability to generate and to be able to obtain that type of wealth was something that, you know, everybody wanted with it black and white you know brown or yellow it didn't matter man or woman you know uh, but we need to be able to speak to that part of the you know human uh, entity I don't know say a, uh, the human being here inside their spirit human spirit okay where that would appeal to get these folks to take and want or to take a second look at the Republican Party and uh what we offer because we believe in limited government which is getting government out of
1: the way well let, let's highlight for a second you know we were talking about Joe Rocky got 49% of the vote in a 2 to 1 democrat county what do you believe, Sam, as a city council member, as a, a proponent of Rocky? What do you think propelled him, and what do you think about his messaging really resonated with Allegheny County that we can use as a template to win in twenty twenty four and beyond?
0: Well, I think uh, the and, and I had the good fortune of having been the chair of the party, you know, having been able to see polls that were done by him as well as polls that were done by other third party entities like. Pittsburgh Works had done polls uh, that had come out with the results. Uh, the District Attorney's Race, they had done polls. The 501c4s had done polls. <clears throat> but in all these polls, there were three main issues that concerned people in Allegheny County. And they were one public safety and crime, two were jobs, and three were taxes. Those were the three big issues in all of those races, okay? Now, they also, one of the, I think the 501C4 had had a poll where they had asked the people that they had pulled and said, hey, do you want your county executive to be able to focus on national issues or to focus on local issues? And local issues won out 86 to 12, you know? So I think the fact that Joe Rocky focused on those was the reason why he was able to do as well as he was. And I think, you know, you talked about Democrats looking at things from the view of a collectivist, that uh, Sarina Murado's appealing to them on the subject of abortion and uh, election integrity, or election, you know, threat to democracy, right, just got more of her base out to vote. And there's so many folks who say, you know, Democrats, I will never vote for a Republican, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we had Democrats who said, I have never voted for a Republican in my life, but I'm voting for Joe Rocky, okay? Um, But I think that has something to do with it. And again, this goes back to Tip O'Neill. He said, all politics are local. But, you know, I was a sales guy. So I made my living by solving business problems. And you solve business problems, the first thing you do, you go in and you have a meeting with the customer and, and you ask questions of them is to to understand what their problem is and how it's affecting their business. So we need to be talking to the public, not just about what their concerns are, but how it's affecting their lives. But then when you come back and you give them a proposal, it's really presenting back to them their words and what they told you, the repercussions, how it's affecting their business, but how you were gonna take and address it. What were you gonna do to solve it and what were gonna be the benefits to them? And I think that's something that's sorely lacking in Republican messaging. You know, we we talk about something, we'll talk about cutting taxes, but we never explain what cutting taxes means and what it can do and how it can help the individual family.
1: Well, one especially, I mean, I, I'm curious to learn what's going to happen with property reassessments, you know, if that's something coming down the pipeline, because I mean, that's going to push a lot of people into not being able to afford their homes, maybe moving out of Allegheny County, losing that tax revenue. But one thing that I'm always trying to think about is, you know, how we can broaden our coalitions and you're tacking to the pipe fitters, the plumbers, those union groups that in a big way came out and endorsed Raki, which I think was historic, mm-hmm. unprecedented. Yep. What were some of the concerns that they had or problems that they are experiencing that led them to support Joe Raki?
0: Well, what they saw was they saw the flight of 50,000 jobs from Allegheny County in the last five years, and they were concerned about the future of their members, you know, and their members' families. And, you know, one of the reasons why I've been able to build uh, relationships with some of these people is because we agree on one key thing, and that's if a man or a woman can put shelter over their family's head and put food on the table, a lot of the other challenges we face in life are insignificant in comparison. So we had that common interest, and we don't have to agree on everything to be able to come together on that issue. And I think that was one of the reasons why Joe was able to bring them to his side or to his team and that was one of the major reasons that these folks were supporting him
1: well and i think also it comes down to messaging too and i know that we're we're coming on our end here so i'll keep it brief but look as republicans we're not anti-union and we need to make that overtly and explicitly stated. we're just forced union membership as we are forced anything it should be about voluntary it should be about you are in control you are the Decision maker, you are in power. That's what that's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Democrats want to force you to do something. Republicans want you to make that voluntary choice.
0: Here's where our problem is, and we're gonna have to go. But here's where our problem (laughs) is. You're absolutely right there. But see, Democrats paint the choice for abortion, pro-choice, as being left and freedom left up to the individual, even though they want to control every other aspect of your life. Correct. Republicans they take and paint the fact that they want to allow you to take and make decisions in every other aspect of your life on your own to giving you the freedom. But yet, they talk about bans and things like that in regards to abortion, and that's why we have such a mess. Scott, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm Thank looking you. forward to have you back because I think we have to flesh this other issue out on, on, and from a messaging perspective. But you're absolutely right. Uh, Republicans need to do a better job, and I'm uh, looking forward to with your help. I know that we can.
1: And, and very briefly, guys, please, if you enjoy what you hear, please support the Republican Committee of Allegheny County. I tell you, I've probably spent at least six or seven times coming to this gosh darn county this year. Go to Allegheny.gop, become a volunteer. Gina Polis is amazing. Aaron Coper is amazing. John's kind of cool. And uh, <laughs> of course, we have a great chairman. But look, we need election day workers. We need committee members. We need candidates. Be the change you want to see. And let's make sure that we're defeating Joe Biden and electing a Republican president, and Allegheny County will be a part of that. Allegheny.gop.
0: Thanks, Scott. Until next week, this is Sam DeMarco, the elephant in the room on WJAS 1320 AM.